everybody. Welcome to Fools with Tools. I'm Rob. I'm Steve. And I'm Phil. Who's Phil? We've got a guest. We have. This is uh, this is Mr. Phil Pinsky. Do you want to uh, introduce yourself a bit, Phil? Sure. My name is Phil Pinsky. You normally hear uh, this uh, nice baritone voice on uh, Reclaimed Audio, but this week, uh, what I did was I blackmailed these two gentlemen into <laughs> having me on and... Uh, Ultimately, extorted myself a position on this fine podcast. Oh, thank you. Well, it's nice to have our, our very first guest and uh, someone of your caliber. So, uh, what what do you usually do on Reclaimed Audio? What do you talk about? Uh, we we usually talk about well, the uh, little little tagline for the podcast is making uh, making an upcycling with reclaimed material and that kind of thing. So, basically, we talk about sustainable making, uh, either wood or metal or whatever it is, but. Usually it's tips and tricks and our ridiculous stories about, uh, you know, making with stuff we find in the garbage. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. Well, I can get on board with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the advantage of, uh, of Reclaimed, obviously, being that it's mostly free as well. Yeah, true. Cool. Uh, so yeah. if we just do a quick uh, go around as to any news or updates for um, what we've been up to. Well... Shall I, I'll go first. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll go first. Well, actually, I, I bought my first ever uh, slab to do a tabletop with. Nice. I don't know if I don't know if oh. you saw the pictures. Uh, it's got some nice holes and stuff in it that I'm hoping to fill with resin. And uh, I, you know, just do some. Uh, I, I found some kind of pigment that's metallic, and yeah, you know, I just want to make it look cool. So hopefully that will turn out well. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. What about you? Uh, I. I've been up to so much. Uh, the last couple of weeks have been absolutely manic. Um, I've been working at a couple of festivals. Um, they went really, really well. Uh, one of them went so well that I actually managed to buy myself a new tool. So I've now got <laughs> a uh, an Evolution double bevel uh, mitre saw thing that Lovely. cuts through everything. Um, and uh, and yeah, just been really busy with other stuff on the work on in the workshop. I've got a few bits that I'm not quite ready to talk about yet coming up, but <laughs> hopefully in the next uh, podcast we'll be able to talk about them. Good. Cool. And Phil, what about you? What have you been up to? Um, I do um, I, I do some sales on Etsy of some uh, whiskey boxes and step stools and things like that. So I had a couple of rush orders and I'm trying to crank out a couple of these step stools. Nice. Um, I'm in the midst of like three videos that I'm trying to pump out, working with some sponsors. Awesome. Um, and, uh, but I wanted to know uh, the uh, the slab that you bought. What kind of legs are you going to be doing with? Well, <laughs> this is this is a bit that I'm kind of pondering on now. Uh, my sister, she likes to do uh, like metal legs. You can just buy them and put them on. But I really want to try my first bit of proper joinery. Um, maybe making yeah. a little frame to go under there. I don't know if you have any suggestions that might work for that. Any sort of joins or what? Well, I mean, uh, what you'll end up seeing a lot with these slabs is these hairpin legs, as you know. Yeah. yeah. And uh, personally, I, I find that a little uh, passe and yeah, I'm with you. a little too easy. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't really appreciate them, but, you know, what goes really well with, uh, with, with a slab top is uh, a little bit of mid-century modern. Okay. So what you do is you make your base and then, you know, you've got your tabletop D-clip connectors onto there. And uh, that's, uh. that's what I'd love. Yeah, yeah, I think I was going to do something like that. I, I saw um, an Australian guy. He made this really nice sort of, it was, it was like an A-frame to go under there, um, but he used yeah. a really a recessed 
lap joint, half lap joint or something. It was, it was crazy. It was really nice. I just felt like it all went together really nice and it was kind of hidden, which was good as well. But I, I, I yeah. like seeing the joinery if I'm honest. Yeah. You know, Oh, of, likewise. Yeah, kind of show your work off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you're going to do it, you might as well do it properly. It's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, good. Um, Where are we? Right. <laughs> uh, well, one of the reasons we've got uh, Phil on is um, this week we're going to talk about uh, basically about, about tools and do you need all of the tools um, at your disposable, at disposable before you actually start um, making things and doing things because there's a lot of discussion um, especially in YouTube comments of people saying oh, I could do that if I had this saw and that saw and this you know planer and all these sort of things um, and personally I've kind of found that you don't need to have all the tools like you can have a very basic set of tools and do all sorts with um, and it's as much about buying like a decent quality bit of kit as it is about having like, sorry, it, it's better to have one decent quality bit of kit than it is to have um, like a cheap one of everything sort of thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, you could say that. Um, but I think personally, if you have the ability to do something, maybe cheap for a beginner is not bad, you know, yeah, yeah. If, or if you're just trying it, you know, thinking, Oh, I might, do something good here or I might just use it for five minutes and, you know, never yeah. use it again, I suppose. But I don't think you need too much stuff. No, really. No. It depends. I think if you have um, an idea roughly of what you want to get doing, yeah, there, there are simple things. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, sorry, like I say, I don't, I don't mean like, how can I put this? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't mean you should have, uh, you should only get, expensive tools because i i myself have got a load of really really cheap ones um to just do one or two jobs but uh but there's this this weird thing that you have to have like festool for example oh right that you you have to go out and buy all of the the best um best tools before you can do anything and it's like well if you if you're going to use one thing a lot if you've got say a a thousand pound budget then rather than trying to bet buy you know, uh, or trying to complain that you can't get six festivals for it. Just get, <laughs> just get the one that you know you're going to use. I and, see. I see what you're saying now. Yeah. Okay, right. So, if I was, <laughs> if I had a set of money and I just wanted to buy a table saw that I knew I was going to use every day, all yeah. day, yeah, maybe spend the money. Yeah. But if you want a bunch of different tools and you've got a set budget, maybe buy cheaper. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think, Phil? Do you think cheap is okay for beginning? I'll tell you, anybody who makes that comment on YouTube, and I've seen it many, many times, who writes, you know, if I had a $10,000 shop, I could make that too. <laughs> yeah. They don't make shit. Yeah. yeah. They don't make anything. Yeah. These are just commenters on YouTube, because anybody who makes something would never say something like that, and would just appreciate uh, what it took for that person, that maker, whether it's wood or metal or whatever it is, to get to the point in their, in their career where they're able to amass this many tools and have the skill set to use them. Absolutely. I think if you're starting out, you know, if you're starting out, there's nothing wrong. You guys are in you're you're in uh, the UK. Those Aldi chisels, there's nothing wrong with them. Yeah. The only thing that's going to happen is you're going to sharpen them more often. Yeah. So, it, so there really is no barrier to entry. Cheap tools will work. 
will they work as well? Of course not. But, you know, you sort of build up your collection tools just like you would anything else. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's basically summed up everything I wanted to say. So uh, we're <laughs> well, going to finish early today. I mean, like you say, okay, on, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like you say about the chisels and having to sharpen them more often, uh, to be honest, yeah. I think that's an advantage for a beginner because you're going to want to learn how to sharpen your chisels. Yeah. You know, because it's, it's important to have them sharpen it, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Super fair point. You're right. Yeah. So, I mean, if you had a sander or something, yeah, you could easily get away with... Um, regard to talent, you know, that uh, people think is some kind of an innate thing that you're just sort of born with, a certain amount of skill that you just have. Yeah. I don't yeah. believe it. You know, all of these, these skills are, uh, you know, you need to practice over and over and over again. It's muscle memory. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, it's, it, you know, it's, it's like... Over and over yeah. It, it's a blessing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's like with the um, with the blacksmithing uh, side of things. Like, it doesn't matter how much I pay for a hammer, I'm still going to have to spend hours and hours and hours just knowing how to use it. And yeah, you know, I I can do that with a, a cheap hammer as well as I can with a, an expensive hammer. And and you know, if I go into someone else's shop and I pick up a, a hammer that they've paid you know a couple hundred quid for because it's been made by some famous person or whatever, you know, I'm, I'm not going to pick up and instantly be a better blacksmith. I'm going to... Oh, hell no. I mean, I, that was the same thing when I was learning guitar. I remember yeah. saying to my boss years ago, oh, I want to buy this guitar. And he was like, is that going to make you play better, is it? And I was like, oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. And, and as much as it, I think it's about knowing, um, like, what tools... Ugh. Pick, picking the right tool for the right job because i mean for example i um i, I know uh I, I, I was learning about um a lot of woodworking tools this last week just because it's not something i know a great deal about because i'm not really a woodworker but there's a few projects coming up where i need to do a little bit of woodwork okay and um and i just wanted to kind of get a bit of a better idea about what they were and i ended up going into um videos about like planers and jointers and thicknesses and all the big bits of kit that I just <laughs> never going to need. Well, no, but, but you know, it, it's fun to learn. Yeah. And, um, and I think that's the thing is like, there's a lot of people that will go out and they'll be like, Oh, well I need this and I need that and I need this. And like, um, the jointers and planers, for example, um, the fact that you can, I can't remember which way around it is. Um, I think it's, uh, if you've got a, a planer, as long as you can joint one side of, um, the lumber to be flat, then you know you you can use that you don't you don't need to have both all of the time like you there's there's ways that you can get around it um uh who was it from johnny brook put out a video uh today i think um of doing a like a slab uh leveling out a slab using a router and a um a couple bits oh of yeah as a, as a jig yeah and and that's the thing is i think and that goes back to what phil was saying about people that say, if I had that tool, I could do that. It's like, well, no, if you've got that, that ingenuity and that talent, you'd be able to do it yeah. with even the most basic tools. Well, to be honest, I've seen James Wright playing a huge board with a scrub plane. And yeah. he was like, this is so much fun. <laughs> and he did a really good job because he knows what he's doing, but yeah. he wouldn't have got there without having to do that, I guess. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, Phil, what, what, uh, sort of set of tools do you think you started out with, if you can remember? <laughs> <sighs> wow. 
what did I start out with? Mm. You're gonna laugh. I started out with a Dremel. Oh yeah. And, uh, <laughs> the first, yeah, yeah, no, the first project I ever did, um, and I, I've talked about it a couple of times. So let's say 15 years ago, there was this uh, this DIY kit to make your own HD projector. You'd convert a 15-inch LCD monitor, and it was this big, huge box. And the joke was that it was like a dog coffin because that's how big it was. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and it was made out of MDF, and I bought a Dremel because, I, I don't know, I didn't know what I was doing. And, uh, and there was like this little reciprocating saw attachment on it. And I, I cut the MDF with that, and it was horrible, and it was jagged. <laughs> But it, it gave me the bite, right? Like this thing actually worked. I was able to get an HD projector before they were they were working. Yes. Uh, before that was a thing you could buy. Um, but if if I'm being serious about sort of the real, maybe maybe five years ago where I really sort of jumped into it, started converting my garage into it. Uh, I had a circular saw, I had a drill, I had a jigsaw. You know, and I just started trolling Craigslist for all the tools that I started needing as the project uh, made me want it or need it. Yeah. And I think that's that's sort of the the cart before the horse mentality where people sort of go shopping like, well, I'm going to need this and I'm going <laughs> to need that. And that's how you get to a position where you're sitting on a bunch of tools that you probably never used or never necessarily will use. And you're kind of these are solutions looking for problems. Yeah. Um, I always, always, always say, you know, figure out what you want to make. And they get the tools to help you make it better, faster, stronger. You are absolutely right. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't have said that because I haven't got the experience that you do. But yeah, yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And that is why at the moment I just have a cheap handsaw from uh, a shop called B and M in England. It's like a home store thing. I can't remember how much I paid for it. Three yeah. quid probably. Yeah. Um, a hand plane bought from a local DIY store. Um, what else have I got? It's almost like a Dremel. It's just kind of a rotary tool thing that I use for yeah. a bit of spoon carving and stuff like that, which yeah. I use all the time, which is great. Um, but I didn't know I would have to get a nice flexible uh, shaft for it to kind of use it like a pen. That was good. Oh, so yeah. going back to what mm, you were saying yeah, about that. buying tools as you need them, then yeah. there you go. Uh, what else do I yeah. have? Not a lot, really. Yeah. I, I borrow a lot of my dad's tools because <laughs> I work out of his garage when I do stuff. So yeah, he, he's got a circular saw and stuff that he's accumulated just from doing DIY. Yeah, really, you know. Um, yeah. But he's what we like to call a bodger. So <laughs> it, it <laughs> let's, will let's make translate it into American. Look yeah, I will. I will try. Um, a bodger is somebody who who knows what they're doing, but likes to take. A, a kind of a shot in the dark about stuff uh, well, makes stuff look good without having a lot of knowledge, but he's acquired tools and whatever, but it, it, it's kind of harmless, but yeah, it, it's, <laughs> it's basically, you don't necessarily know exactly what you're doing, but you know enough to make it work and look good. And yeah, and function. And I function, must yeah. say, you know, he's put in a few kitchens in yeah. houses that we lived in. So yeah, he's, he's done all right. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that's a, a self-taught starter. I like that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Bodger. Yeah. <laughs> so I take after him. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's it's funny you saying that about um, the tools you're starting with and and sitting on tools and not using them. Uh, a few years ago, I used to work for a uh, quite a big tool distribution company um, in the UK, and uh, and we used to get um, like loads of stuff that was basically sold off to the staff really cheap. And I've got okay. a garage full of stuff that, you know, I, I bought it because it was, I, I was, I was paying like 
a tenner as opposed to the 200 quid that it was worth. Oh, blimey. Oh, yeah. And, um, and Do you want my address now? Or- <laughs> <laughs> if you pay for shipping, then... Uh, but, um, Let's talk about what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, one, of, one of the things that I uh, actually dug out and used um, this week was a an old jigsaw. And mm. I've, I've had that sat in my garage for God knows how long. And it was the first time I've used it. And to be fair, it was to do... It wasn't even like a, a nice um, curvy line or anything like that. It was just I needed to do a straight line. And because it was on a big uh, sheet of plywood, I was like, uh, it's too much effort to do this with a hand. So I'll just get the, jig- <laughs> I'll just get the jigsaw out and do well, it like that. Yeah. But the point is, I could have done it with just the handsaw. If, that had, like, if I hadn't had the jigsaw, I would have just done it with the handsaw. Mm-hmm. Well, I have to say my little jigsaw that I got, I, how much, I didn't even pay for it. Yeah. My dad, my dad bought it years ago. Um, thought he'd lost it. Bought another one that was real cheap, <laughs> and then he found it when he moved house. And he was like, "Here you go, have yeah. this." <laughs> Brilliant. So free, yeah, yeah. free is good. <laughs> you know, uh, you brought up the example of James Wright earlier, mm. um, and and even he who who is this uh, hand tool. I don't want to use the word zealot. <laughs> zealot. <laughs> You know, and I love that. I love that because I'm super into hand tools as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not to the same degree that he is, where he's exclusive. I'm more of a hybrid worker, a hybrid woodworker, a la you know uh, Mark Spagnolo. Yeah. But uh, you know, in all of his videos, he talks about you know you had to do it in, with hand. But then he recently bought one of those massive Triton uh, planers. Oh yeah, um, right, I saw that. Yeah. So that he can show you how to do one with hand tools, but then off camera. He shows how to do the, well, he doesn't show, but he does the other three legs in an amount of time that is, you know, normal to be able to pump out content. Yeah. So, so you know, there's no shame in in using power tools, you know, where you could have done something with hand tools. I, you know, absolutely. I don't believe in that rigorous set of, you know, constraints. No, exactly. I mean, it goes back to what we were saying before about you, um, you make sure that you, you have the right tool for the job. And, yeah. and as yeah. long as the tool does that job, then... Then everyone's happy. Bob's your uncle, as we say. Exactly. We <laughs> say that too. <laughs> <laughs> well, we must I'm, all have the same uncle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying not to be too English for you. I'm trying to <laughs> trying to keep it broad. Yeah. <laughs> Gentlemen, don't forget that I am Canadian, so this is a Commonwealth episode. Oh, exactly, excellent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm very fluent in British. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll see if I can flummox you at some point during the episode with a nice I, phrase. I doubt you'd yeah. be able to. I'm very good. <laughs> so good, we, okay. We'll just start talking Somerset soon and it'll be fine. <laughs> well, if I knew Cornish, I would speak Cornish. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but I can't, so uh, I won't. But yeah, and I mean, uh, going back to the, the subject, I mean, there's... Um, one of the videos that, that you put out, Phil, was um, on the True Track system. Mm-hmm. And, and I yep. thought that was brilliant because for someone like me, like although I don't really do much in the way I would, like that would be perfect as a replacement for doing for using a table saw because I can get a nice, quick, clean, straight cut and I don't have to go out and spend a load of money on a really expensive table saw that I also don't have room for in the shop. Mm. I have seen, I have seen what you're talking about, but could it, I know uh, back going back to being a bodger. Yeah. Could you use a nice straight edge just clamped onto a thing? Is that good enough? I, I don't know. I've never had to cut anything big enough. What do you I'll think, you, Phil? I'll tell you the difference. So I, um, 
I want to say maybe back in January, I, uh, I volunteered like a fool to do some work at my <laughs> office. Uh, we started up doing some, some manufacturing locally, and they needed a chop saw station. So I said, you know what? I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I brought in my circ saw because I wasn't going to bring my table saw into work to do it because <laughs> there was a whole load of, of plywood there. And yeah. rather than transport it from my house over to the, I would just build it on site. Mm. And, and I used, I have a straight edge, you know, and you clamp both sides and you do that. It, it took a long, long time. And I'll tell you, if I had my track saw back then, I would have ripped through it in half the time, pun intended, <laughs> just because, you know, you place it down on the mark and then you go, you just cut. It's perfect. You know, yeah. nice. whereas the, all the clamping that you have to do makes it so difficult. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Well, you get okay. to do it once, you know, no big deal. But yeah. if, you're, if you really do have to do a project, we have to do multiple cuts, then a track saw is really, really, you know, Bob's your uncle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, again, it goes back to, to what you're saying. Like, it, yes, you can do it with, um, with a, just a straight edge, but you using the true track, it, it, um, it just speed things up. It makes things more efficient. Yeah. And, and sure. at the end of the day, that's all that a power tool is, is it just, it does the same thing that you do with a hand tool, just quicker and efficiently. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. The other thing that it does really well, actually, is it really reduces chip out because it's got like this little sort of um, plastic zero clearance that the first time you cut, you cut through it. And then that's exactly where the blade is every time. Okay. And it puts pressure on the wood so that there is no tear out on the way out. And it's this really, really clean cut. That's you really don't cool. get just a straight edge. Yeah. yeah. I was really impressed with it. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, I'm going to have to look into that a bit yeah. more, to be honest. But I don't know if I'll ever cut anything that big. I don't know. Well, you, One day, yeah, exactly. maybe. You, who knows? You know, who knows? Yeah. But uh, but then, to be fair, that's that's something else that I, I, I I'm loving at the moment. I'm because I'm finding out about all this woodworking stuff. Because um, having bought this uh, this evolution, so I I bought it because I need to do a load of uh, clean, consistent, forty five degree cuts, and mm-hmm. it was easier using that because it then meant that I can use it for some other projects that I've got coming up that involve wood and and things like that. And it just meant that I was guaranteed to get a clean, straight cut at the right angle every time. And that's all I wanted it for. And um, and because I finally had something that was a power tool that would cut wood, obviously I just wanted to play around. So I just spent <laughs> the first hour just cutting through random bits of wood. And uh, and I finally understand why people have like sacrificial bits of wood to, to prevent chip out and stuff like that. Well, yeah. yeah. Like, it, it never made any sense to me before mm-hmm. today, but now I totally understand it yeah well yeah if it's something that is very important that you're working on and you can you can only do it once yeah you know shy of going out and getting a new length of wood or whatever yeah you're going to want to learn those techniques i've seen people using tape and all sorts to uh, prevent it you know um luckily carving out spoons i don't (laughs) really have to worry about that too much but yeah you know one day I will. No, but I you're I will. absolutely right about there being technique. What you said about the painter's tape is absolutely right. Mm-hmm. And as well, uh, you know, you learn things about scoring cuts and, yeah. you know, taking uh, an eighth inch shave first. You know, there's all kinds of things yeah. to learn and to pick up. Even with a power tool, it's not yeah. It's not always, you know, fire and forget. Yeah. And, you know, the way people think it is. And to be fair, I think that's one of the reasons why it's quite good to start with the, I was going to say the worst, but not... But like starting with the the simple, cheaper stuff is because, entry level. Yeah, the entry level stuff yeah. is because it means that you have to be more aware of this stuff, and it, it makes mm-hmm. it makes you um, think about it a bit more. So then, when you do move up to the 
the the really expensive and and the pro level tools you're um you're aware of it and you're conscious of it so when you do that you know that nice big long cut on a uh, slab that's cost you 400 quid to buy <laughs> you're not gonna um chip out because you're going to be aware of that and you're going to be cautious of it the whole time yeah no for sure i i also have this weird odd thing um which i like to uh, akin it to like if you turn 16 years old you just got your license and your parents bought you a Lamborghini. It's like, what do you, what do you have to do, you know, for yeah. the rest of your life? You know what I mean? Like you just, <laughs> you just skip right to the end. Yeah. So you know, for me, power tools it. and yeah, I mean, tools have always been that way for me. Like I feel like I need to earn the right to use the better tools. It took me a long time to get to the, you know, the uh, the hybrid table saw that I have now, and I feel yeah. like I've I've earned the ability to use it. Whereas if I got it right away, or if I got some, you know, uh, if I got some massive powermatic or yeah. saw stop immediately after deciding I wanted to do that. I just feel like I don't really, I didn't really earn this. Yeah. And maybe I'm a huge weirdo. So sometimes, <laughs> you know, I come up with these crackpot theories, but that's one of them. Yeah, no, I, I'm uh, yeah, completely totally with you there. Yeah. Uh, Cause uh, to be fair, I was saying the same thing to, uh, to my partner the other day about, um, power hammers. Like don't get me wrong. Like, I would absolutely love to have you know, this huge power hammer bit of kit that, that can eat through metal in seconds, but I I don't feel that I've earned the right to to go out and and buy and, and use something like that yet because I you know I need to be able to do it all by hand before I I jump in and and get the the big tools that I'm never going to be able to afford anyway. And plus, again, it's do you actually really need that? Yeah, exactly. Because you know? the stuff that you're making at the moment probably not. Yeah, I mean that, that's the thing is it's that's one of the other things is yes you might. You might have that um, that uh, efficiency and that that time saving by getting a bigger and better tool, but does it actually benefit you? Like for me, for example, if I was to go out and buy a power hammer, then yeah, there's a couple jobs that it would help with, but not to the extent that it would make it worthwhile for me mm. to go out and and buy it, install it, and and, yeah. and do all that. It's well, I mean, both you and I watch Alex Steele, don't we, yeah. on YouTube and. He, everything he does, power hammer, power hammer, power hammer. Yeah. But every day he's making a big project, isn't he? Yeah. You know, a sword, an axe, you know, something yeah. massive that needs a lot of work done quickly. Yeah. So he's kind of a one-man production line, isn't he? Yeah. You know, so, you That's know. exactly the point I was going to bring up. I was mm. going to say, like, are we hobbyists or is this a production shop? Yeah. Are you, are you working on your artistry or, or do you have to get, you know, this product out now? Yeah. Uh, you know, and I think that defines sort of some of the tools that you get also and the order in which you get them. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like I say, cause that, that goes back to why I got that, that mitosaur because it was something I needed to do or needed to, to get for a couple of paying customers. Um, and so it actually made sense for me to buy it. Like if, if I hadn't had this, uh, these couple of commissions come up, then I wouldn't have bought it because I didn't need it. Yeah. I haven't ever had a commission. I just... You know, I saw a nice bit of wood and I thought, I'm going to make a table. Yeah. I'm, going to, I'm going to try and make a table. So I'm going to be taking my sweet time about it. Yeah. Um, but I know at the end of the day, I'll be pleased that I did. Yeah. You know, um, and with the tools that I have. So that'd be great. Do you know what time it is, Steve? Uh, what time is it? It is time for... Think that 
what have you got for us today, Steve? Uh, I have got someone that's actually really quite interesting. He's not uh, as such a maker, more of a creative. Okay. Um, basically, I've followed this guy on Twitter, uh, not on Twitter, on Instagram for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just recently started doing YouTube videos as well. Uh, he did YouTube videos uh, a couple of years ago um, and it kind of fizzled out, but he's he's uh, he's come back, started doing it again and he's doing really, really well. He's putting out a video every week. Um, they've got, it's good production. It's got really, really good ideas in it. Um, and it's uh, A Fine Press on uh, on YouTube and Instagram. A Fine Press? Yeah. Right. So, what what do they do? And basically, he is he makes stationery for um, for like weddings and business cards and things like this. But it's not just like going to Vistaprint and <laughs> and getting okay. something printed off. It's uh, he works it all off of an old um, uh, like a manual uh, press thing. This thing's from like the eighteen fifties <laughs> or something, and like properly cool. properly embosses on the uh, on the paper and all this. But he also talks about not just um, like what he's doing. He talks about the creative process and you know why he would choose this over that and and uh, talks about different types of color and and what colors work well and how he gets that end point and just lots of really good things. I think anyone that's got a creative mind or anyone that's making anything that requires any kind of creativity, I think they can get something out of his channel. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he's just a really cool guy that's doing really cool stuff. Yeah. Do you know what? Printing, I never thought I would have looked at it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But that actually does sound kind of interesting, just mainly because of the machine. Yeah. I want to see that running. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I, I genuinely have no idea why I started following him on uh, Instagram. It just happened that I must have just liked a couple of his posts and started following and loved everything he did on Instagram because it was just this really high quality, really good looking stuff that he was producing. Mm. And then, like I say, his his YouTube is like super interesting and and just great for it from a creative and from a design point of view. Lovely. So so yeah. just remind the people who that is. Uh, that's A Fine Press. A Fine Press. Cool. So what about you, Phil? Is there anybody you'd like to talk about? I have many people I'd like to talk about. Uh, <laughs> what is the, uh, what is uh, the criteria by which we believe that someone is spiffy? Spiffing, uh, raha, have I flummoxed you? <laughs> um, it just well, means I'm just curious to know if it's like if it's an established, uh, spiffing person, or are you always looking for up and comers? Well, it, it could be both, anybody, anybody you like. Um, it's just somebody who you think is spiffing, who is really good, who's creative, who's a business, or what have you, yeah. just some anybody that, that you that, admire. Yeah, okay. Well, in that case, uh, the person whom I is spiffy is uh, one of my best friends, Mark Spagnolo. Um, <laughs> he is, I don't know if you've heard of him. He's got a tiny little channel called The Wood Whisper. Yeah, and, I, uh, I, I may have heard of him somewhere, I think. Well, he, he must be really plugged in then because he's fairly obscure. <laughs> no, but uh, I, I like, I, you know, I, I read the guy's whole catalog. I love what he does and yeah. how professional he is. But then I've also spoken to him, like, let's say, outside of the lens of social media and he's just a really down to earth guy and you know we can uh, we can have fun being gross and it's, it's cool <laughs> awesome <laughs> so um is he he is on youtube did you say or yeah okay he is on the youtubes uh he also has the uh you know the wood whisper guild which is a very it's not 
you know, it's, these aren't uh, 10 minute long videos that he puts out on projects. This is uh, paid content that he puts out. And then it's like, it's a very, very, very in-depth walkthrough of how to do a project. Yeah. It's excellent. not your typical YouTube fair. It really is like the time life series of how to build stuff. Yeah, it's really, really high quality good yeah, stuff. I, I need to search that now. <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, if if it's something that he's wanting people to pay for, it's got to be good. Yeah, and it, I would have thought that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, excellent. So uh, we'll move on to me then. Um, <laughs> this is a chap that I've worked with for uh, well a, a very long time actually. When I was an apprentice welder, um, he was there. Yeah, he was probably well, he's probably younger than I am now. Then, so right. he's he's grown up, he's matured, okay. <laughs> he's 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 a fully fledged grown up. Um, but he's just gone out on his own, um, decided to be self employed nice. as a sheet metal fabricator. Oh, awesome! Um, uh, his company's called Flow Fabrications, um, and he makes uh, vats and whatever, like we do um, where I work. I won't mention the name. Uh, you know, just machines for making cheese and dairy products, and it it's amazing how he's just taken his skill and gone out on his own, just on a limb. Yeah, because the way that this country is right now, going out on your own is a scary, scary thing. Yeah, um, but he has the skill, and if you want to find him, he is on uh, Facebook. Actually, he's not really a YouTuber or Instagram or anything like that. Um, some of the stuff he's made, just go on and have a look. And it's great. Flow Fabrications, Mr. Martin Down. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Let's check him out. And that's, uh, is that um, social medias or is it? Well, just- it's just, he's just on Facebook. He's probably, he's not really much of a yeah. uh, social media kind of guy. Cool. I, I think it's going to be kind of word of mouth yeah. where you're from, you know. Uh, yeah, he's excellent. Absolutely excellent. I'm, I'm just looking at some of the pictures he's done now. Maybe we'll uh, post a link to him and yeah, everybody we'll, can have a look. Um, he will do smaller jobs as well, you know, commissions, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, fantastic. Um, definitely worth every penny. He's put in a lifetime's of work here. So, yeah. Yeah. So, cool. Steve, you look like you had, you look like you were burning to say something while I was talking about that. <laughs> uh, no, sorry. I, I just remembered I, um, I have something on my notes and I don't want to get it wrong. So, I'm not going to talk about it this week <laughs> uh, because. <laughs> My notes are on my laptop and my phone, and unfortunately, Phil is on my phone. And <laughs> we're you... recording on the laptop. Yeah, so I, I haven't got access to either at the moment. <laughs> at the moment, so we'll talk about that next week. You could try. You uh, could try. I could, but I don't want to get the guy's name wrong. Okay, fair enough then. Fair enough. So you guys really are British. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want to argue with each other about yeah. anything, do we? <laughs> exactly. right. It's far too polite. No, 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 no. You go for it. No, no, I insist. <laughs> <laughs> Steve's got a pot of tea on the table. And that do. is that is an sure. honest statement. You're yeah. Right. <laughs> I should have brought some biscuits. I'm sorry. <laughs> crumpets, well, right? Yeah. Yeah, crumpets. Yeah, go. crumpets are good. Uh fig rolls, they're good too. Or scones um, or scones. scones, depending on where you're from and yeah, why we don't pronounce it that way, I'll have no yeah. idea. Uh, my elocution lessons uh, yeah. finished probably yep. when I was about five. Yeah. How so. would you pronounce it in, in Canada? Would it be scones or scones? We say scones. The E makes it a hard O. That is right. There that is go. absolutely correct. Score Sweet. one point. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, next time I'll bring, of course, the uh, cucumber and cottage cheese. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would be good. Yeah. Lovely. The so marmalade you- sandwiches. 
Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not much of a fan. My dad is, I know that. I love marmalade. Yeah, I can't, I can't hack it for some reason. See, marmalade on toast and a really strong black coffee is the perfect start to the day. I'll go for the coffee. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I'm a coffee person, but you can't have a spot of tea without a jelly sandwich. I mean, we're not <laughs> barbarians here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Well, where we're from in England, we are from cheese country, aren't we, really? Yeah. Uh, the southwest. Lots of cows around and, or, yeah. and tractors and all that. And we yeah. talk a bit like pirates, we do, Phil. <laughs> uh, you know, but did it, you know that the pirate accent, um, the, the one that everyone thinks of as being a pirate accent, is basically based on a Bristolian accent. And it has, is that right? Yeah, and it's purely because, I can't remember the name of the film, but the actor that played a famous pirate in one of the first pirate films um, didn't know what accent to use, so he just decided to use the Bristolian one. Oh, right. And that's why it's all, yar and Oh, right. Stuff. Well, okay. There I we go. <laughs> I, love, I love etymology. It's, uh, it's brilliant, isn't it? It's really, really fascinating yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, can, I could I talk for it. hours about it. Well, maybe you should start a podcast. <laughs> but as a side note, my favorite subreddit on Reddit is Today I Learned, just for that. Yeah. I just ripped through it. It's just really interesting stuff. Yeah, some really, really cool stuff. And there's, there's actually, there's another YouTube channel called uh, um, Today I Found Out. And, uh, and okay. that's the same sort of thing. It's um, this guy, Simon Whistler. Um, and it's basically him in front of a screen. And he just talks about all of the or every day he'll find out some new random fact um he did uh one the other day on babe ruth um i'm drawing blanks as to what all the other ones are but like <laughs> it, it loads of like just really <sighs> random obscure facts that you never knew you needed to know mm. um, <laughs> I, I i found out something yesterday actually and i don't know how i found it out oh wait no i was listening to black sabbath that's what it was um <laughs> And Ozzy Osbourne did a song about Alistair Crowley, didn't he? Yeah. You know, the weird was he? Uh, what? What did? How did they describe him? Most people say he's a Satanist. He, was, he wasn't a very nice man. But anyway, yeah. he was uh, Barbara Bush's dad. Apparently. Really? Yeah. So a weird occultist, Satan worshiping bloke yeah. who's put his bloodline into the American government. Look at that. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> anyway. Well, that that doesn't sound so odd. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> We probably should talk about um, working and making things. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, to be fair, because we were talking about um, uh, tools and things like that, one of the main reasons that we actually got Phil on was to talk about your latest venture with uh, Iron and Soul. Oh, great. So. Let's, let's um, okay. What would you like to know? Or should I just uh, give you an infomercial? Uh, well, the first thing that I wanted to know, and I think i asked you this on social media i can't actually remember what you said um will you be shipping to the uk uh yes i will fantastic cool in that case yeah you might (laughs) do do an infomercial yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i I have a few free sales already into the uk so i'm pretty excited about that i have a couple into australia as well oh wow awesome Um, i mean yeah yeah i'm uh, i'm really excited about it it's it's something that's sort of a long time in the making for me. Uh, it's an opportunity for me to, to transition into something that, uh, that I'm extremely passionate about Yeah. and, and hoping, and hoping to, you know, turn my passion into, you know, what it is that I uh, do for a living. Yeah. So, um, for those people out there that don't know, could you just give us a quick overview of what it is? 
Sure. So ironandsoul.com is a, uh, is a premium woodworking tool site. Uh, currently, I have one line of tools called Suizon, and they're Japanese hand tools, uh, you know, I guess redundant to say, but out of Japan. Uh, <laughs> and I have, the, uh, I have the exclusivity for them in Canada, but I am selling them, you know, globally regardless. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm working on a couple other tool lines, one out of the U.S., one out of South Africa. So, you know, keep checking because I will be adding new lines to it uh, constantly. And uh, the pre-sale is, is almost wrapped up for, uh, for the Japanese tools. And then I'll be get, getting my inventory in the next two, three weeks. Uh, fingers crossed. And then, and then you know, they're, they're, they're off to the races. But, you know, if, uh, if you want to guarantee a spot from the in- initial production run, then, then the pre-sale is the way to go. Awesome. Cool. So is that how you would uh, initially do stuff then? Because I, I thought about... Um, because I'm on another podcast and we talked about getting t-shirts and stuff made. And I figured instead of just going out and buying a bunch and trying to sell them, pre-sales and stuff seems like a very good business model to be running on these days. Would you agree? Well, I mean, uh, I'm a, I'm a businessman in not <laughs> when I'm not doing this kind of stuff. And I will tell you, obviously the sell by scenario is ideal, but it does, it is problematic in a couple of ways. One, you're not going to get the instant gratification customer, right? The person who wants to buy that t-shirt now, who has that money to spend now, yeah. you're not getting that guy or girl. You're getting the person who is like a fan who wants to support what you're doing yeah. and is, uh, you know, willing to wait. And it's, it's the age of Amazon. So yeah. Yeah. those kinds of people are being far between. Yeah. I find uh, I am spending money on Facebook, uh, what you call adverts. Oh yeah. Uh, what we call what we call ads, and, and I'm seeing that the people that come from Facebook, uh, once they once they hit the landing page that says pre-sale, you know they bounce pretty quick. Yeah. So, and to be fair, I think that 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 lesson kind of works well in making in general because when um, when we've been doing festivals uh, with the Forge, we've noticed that uh, the axes, for example, we had a um, a couple of axes that were pre-orders only, um, just because mm-hmm. we'd only made a couple of them. Um, we didn't want to, because of the work involved in making, we didn't want to make loads if they weren't going to sell. Um, and and so we basically said, like, these these two are pre, pre-orders only, um, or you can get one of these, um, like, three other models, like, here and now. Um, and everyone came up, and everyone always picked up the two pre-sale ones. <laughs> um, but very, very few of them sold, because, like you say, people people wanted it there and then. They want to yeah. have it, buy it, take it away. Um, they don't yeah. want to have to wait six to eight weeks for for you to actually make the thing yeah so i mean with with iron yeah cash and carry indeed yeah um so with iron and soul um i mean like you say it's early days i'm assuming um so with the pre-sale thing do you think that will become a thing of the past after you've picked up the pace uh on this line i'm uh yeah i think so i think going actually i don't think let me just rewind a second. <laughs> the pre-sale for any new tool line for me, I think, is a good way to gauge, uh, you know, the demand for yeah. a specific tool within the line. So now that I've done the pre-sale, I've got a great uh, model for which of the tools I should be buying heavier on and which I should be buying lighter on. Like I don't have to take, you know, all of them in the same amount. Yeah. So for example, I've, I've sold let's say whatever fifty tools, right? And, and my MOQ is 100 or 200, I now I'm going to buy them in the ratio that I sold them in the pre-sale. 
Yeah. So it's a great, great way to understand your market and demand for the specific tools. So it would kind of be silly not to emulate that on a go forward with any other tool line that I do, but I guess it makes sense if I'm bringing in a line that only has one or two, then there's no point. I might as well just wait for my inventory and yeah, no, and that makes sense. Sell it. Well, good. I'd awesome. rather, I'd rather, I'd rather get the, you know, the money first. Why not? If that works, then, then yeah. and, and I have the pen base that'll, that'll work with me in that way, then I'll take advantage of it. That's awesome. Um, with, yeah. with regards to, uh, the tools that you've got in at the moment, one of the ones that I was, uh, cause I've, I've had a look at the site and, and gone through, um, but uh, one of the ones that I was quite interested in is the um, the Japanese block plane, because um, yep. it says on it that it's because uh, again, not really being a woodworker, I'm I have been looking at um, planes recently um, because it's just like an easy way of just chamfering an edge rather than yep. sitting there with a bit of sandpaper and, and doing it for ages. It just seems like a quicker, more efficient way of doing it. Um, and uh, and it says on it that it's a, a pull, not a push plane and that's right i again coming from a complete non-woodworker's point of view like what why would it be why would you pull it towards you and not push it away from you and i to be fair i don't know why you would push and not pull with a, a normal plane so because <laughs> that's that's like the saws as well isn't it yeah yeah yes uh, so that's the difference between uh western style hand tools and japanese style they work they work with uh with the pull stroke rather than the push stroke uh, Western, for whatever reason, uh, they land up making their tools, for example, saws and planes, pushing them. Uh, yeah. And with, with with saws, it means the steel needs to be thicker um, because otherwise it'll flex as you push it. Yeah. And, uh, and it's just a different style that was developed. And Japanese can be thinner steel, smaller kerf, because the steel is in tension when you're pulling it. You don't have to worry about trying to force it. It's just it's yeah. smoother. And uh, I'm not saying one is better than the other. It's literally sucks. Like, why wear bell bottoms instead of straight leg? You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of style. Okay, but, cool. uh, but, the, but the planes, yeah, I've been using the block plane, and it's uh, and I also have a smoother that I don't have on the website. Um, it's just it's just a treat to use. It really is. It's, it's a lot of fun. I, I have a whole set of uh, of Western, you know, iron planes, and I, yeah. and I love them. But this thing is light. It's quick. You pick up this little block plane. You add a couple of chamfers, uh, and I love it. Yeah, it's I mean, been, I've been adding it to my you know regular sort of arsenal, and it's it's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, th- this is the thing is this is why I picked up on that one in particular because it it just looked like something that I would actually genuinely use because it's like I say it, it looked so small and simple and and easy to use that you could just like I say just grab it, do what you need to do, and and be done with it. And there's not much in the way of um of setup and, and stuff like that with it well you've got a bit of an advantage here having not actually used a western plane yeah as we'll say uh you won't be trying to push it well yeah you'll get used <laughs> to just pulling it instead yeah whereas me i think i would get all confused and be like <laughs> oh this is backwards and probably try and turn it around and use it backwards because yeah. i'm a big dummy so <laughs> yeah think of the I advantage here I, I think uh, it's really, really intuitive because the truth is is that there's very little behind the blade for you to try to push. All yeah. the meat of the plane needs to be held with your palm, and then it's just really intuitive that it needs to be okay. pulled. I, actually, I find it uh, really actually much easier than a Western block plane because the Western is made of iron, so it's significantly heavier, and you have to put your, your finger down on that little knob in the front mm-hmm. to kind of push it. 
yeah. it's an awkward grip for me. I never got used to the to the block plane. I end up using my smoother whenever I chamfer just because it feels more comfortable to use. Yeah. But this thing, this little this little Japanese block plane, you just hold it very comfortably in your hand and you pull and it just it's perfect. But it's different, right? So the Western ones have all these knobs and dials and <laughs> yeah. little, little doodads to adjust the blade. Whereas the Japanese stuff, you need like a hammer and, and that's how you set the blade and you tap it, you know, down and to the sides to get it flush with the bottom. Yeah. So it takes a little bit of, a little bit of finesse. Mm. See, and again, to, to me, that makes far more sense because obviously I like almost everything I do in the workshop revolves around using a hammer. <laughs> so the fact that I can do oh, like, perfect. yeah, exactly. The, the fact that I can do nice little chamfers with a hammer Perfect. Well, yeah, I mean, to be honest, uh, I think I would rather use a hammer on there because I, <laughs> I have, I, you know, I, I'm still obviously learning and there is a lot to learn about tuning a yeah. plane. So it, yeah. it, it drives me nuts. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> until I get that right. You, you pick it up in 10 minutes, really. You watch a YouTube video about how to do it. Yeah. You'll be doing it in 10 minutes. Okay, right. Awesome. That is, that. is I'm going to report back on the next show <laughs> and I will have tuned my plane lovely yep so there we go okay and just in time for my uh slab to turn up yes perfect yeah, there we go excellent cool. there you are. <laughs> so on that note i think we've uh drawn to the end of the show we, cool. are, we are pushing to the hour yes um it has been very lovely to have you here phil um yeah. i hope that maybe one day we'll have you back again um, you know, and we're going to talk about you nonstop on all of our uh, pages and whatnot. Yes. Um, all so, of yes. the social medias. Thank you for coming. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. This was a, a treat and a pleasure. Uh, it's, it's been great having you, man. It's, yeah. it's been good. And next time, uh, maybe we can do the video Skype so we can all have tea and scones. Crumpets, yeah. Scones, crumpets. I, I live in Devon, so uh, it's, yeah. it's uh, clotted cream. Yes. Yeah. So we'll do that. Yep. Well, Perfect. That will be right proper. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> we'll see what we can do about that. Yeah. <laughs> that was an awful, awful <laughs> accent. Anyway, so uh, thank you everybody for listening once again. And uh, if you want to go and find Phil, uh, where can they where can they find you, Phil? Uh, just go to Instagram, type in Phil Pinsky, then you can get to all my stuff. Lovely. Cool. All right. Well, Perfect. I've been Rob. I've been Steve. And he's been Phil. And I've been Phil. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we say tatty bye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. bye.